You are listening to the Father's House podcast located in Owensboro, Kentucky. For more information, visit thefathershouseky.com. Praise the Lord. Happy Father's Day to our fathers in the house. If you see a, come on somebody, it's Father's Day, right? Come on, let's give it up for our dads. Come on. Man, something just hit me right then. It was like, there's a lot of us in this room. They're like, man, my dad is not a good dad. Or maybe he's never been a part of my life. So maybe there's just kind of a a little, maybe some bitterness or some stuff that goes on on Father's Day. Uh, I get it. But let me say this. God wants to set you free from any of that offense and unforgiveness and bitterness. You can walk in freedom. Amen? We just went through a freedom curriculum and a freedom conference with a lot of our leadership here recently. We are going to start freedom groups in the fall. How many of you know that every born-again person, every person on the earth needs freedom? Man, it just really bothers me when I talk to people about going through freedom-type ministries, and they're like, oh, I mean, I don't, I don't think I need that. It's like, man, really? Like, there's no areas in your life where you, need, where you struggle? Really? You're lying. <laughs> and if you really, really think that is true, I can tell you one. It's called pride. <laughs> I'll move on. I'll, I'll digress this morning. Uh, so anyways, we had an amazing breakthrough with our freedom group, with our leaders, and just trying, we're trying to figure out how we're going to do this freedom going forward, how we're going to do our conferences here, um, and how we're going to build this into our culture of the church so so important because how many of you know you get saved but then you still got a lot of issues right and you're wondering why like and then all of a sudden uh, uh, we can be religious and get mad at people because they still have issues even though they just got saved and they were like oh they must have not got saved no they probably just need freedom they still need healing they still need to work on some things in their heart and their life amen amen, amen and amen another thing I wanted to do If, if you're comfortable with this, you seriously don't have to do this. Um, I don't want to try to put anybody in a weird place. But if you have been w- working on your marriage and doing some of the marriage ministry stuff at our church, would you stand? We want to honor you this morning. Come on, anybody else? If you've been doing our marriage ministry at the church, you've been going through stuff, come on. Anybody else? This, come on, give it up for them guys. That is incredible. That is amazing. Some people are thinking, oh, I don't need no help with marriage. It's like saying you don't need an oil change in your car. Like, that's just dumb, you know? I was talking to a counselor here recently, and he deals with pastors in crisis. And I told him, I said, well, I'm not actually in crisis, but I don't want to wait to get in crisis to come to you. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? I said, well, why don't we just start communicating now and start working on my marriage and my life and my stuff now so I don't have to wait to go in some crisis therapy. Amen? Amen, amen. So, amen, if you're, uh, if God, man, if you need help in your marriage or premarital counseling, if you're wanting to get married, sign up, talk to Pastor Faith, and start to work on your marriage. There's no better way as a father, especially your parents, to work on your children than to work on your marriage. Amen? Amen and amen. So we just want to honor you guys. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and being courageous to, to step out and, and make a difference for your family. Amen? So, so good. So good. Um, 
so if you're new here, sign up for the journey. Uh, get involved. Join the church. Be a part of this and run with us. Start serving. Get involved somewhere. Everybody has something to give. Everybody has some way they can serve this house. Amen? Everybody. Like a, some, uh, I think Keely made two casseroles this morning. My God. Praise oh, Jesus. God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... Not everybody has to work in the nursery. Everybody calm down. They're like, man, they're going to put me in the nursery. No, we're not. If you don't want to be there, we definitely don't want you to be there. Amen? And it's like, man, but I had this past week at VBS. Hey, if you helped with VBS in any way, could you stand as well? Half of them are probably still serving in kids and stuff. Come on, give it up for them. It's awesome. Thank you guys for all your help. You guys are amazing. I think we had like on average about 80 kids show up and... Um, it's awesome. It's an awesome thing just to see a lot of people serving. We had another guy, uh, Jeremy Jones. Uh, is he here? Oh, he, he's here somewhere. He's here somewhere. He left the church. Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> he's up there. Up there serving right now, getting, getting root beers ready for after service for all the dads. Look at Jeremy's up here in the back. Come on. Give it up for Jeremy. <laughs> you know, Jeremy probably hates this. But I really felt led this morning too, Jeremy. Uh, I just feel like we just want to honor you this morning, you and your wife. And man, you guys, not just for VBS, but ever since you've been here, you have just been hungry for more of God. You have been eager. You've been teachable, which so many people are not teachable. And you have been teachable. You, we have said, all right, here, Jeremy, here's a book you should read. Here's a new believer's thing. Here, you and your wife should watch this. You've done all of that stuff. And you've come back to me and been like, hey, pastor, what else can I do? I mean, it's, it's just so blessing. It's such a blessing as a pastor to see people humble themselves and see the growth that we're seeing in you and your wife's life. It is amazing. The sky's the limit with you guys. I'm just so excited that you're here with us. It's amazing. So we just honor you, buddy. We love you. Man. If you humble yourself, guys, you'll be exalted. I'm telling you, the, the devil's tactics are so obvious. Be self-centered. Be selfish. Be unsubmissive. Go off. Isolate yourself, you know? Don't come under anyone or anything and just be off by yourself. It is a, uh, it's a, the best way to be deceived is to be in isolation. That's another sermon. I better be careful. So, um, man... I just feel like I'm supposed to honor some more people this morning, so I'm just going to do it. Uh, Dennis Shepard, can you stand up for a moment, Dennis? A lot of y'all don't know Dennis Shepard. Um, they're from Ocalhani, Ohio County, for those that know. No one laughed, a few of you know. And uh, we were out in the sticks last night at his house for dinner uh, down a very dangerous road in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it was awesome. But Dennis, uh, they've been coming to this church for a while now, and... God's really done a lot in his family. He's brought a lot of his family to church. He's got his kids in church. And Dennis, you're, you're leading your family. You are a humble man. You are a loyal man. You are a faithful man. You're a solid man. You can be counted on. Your responsibility. I was telling Matty, I said, man, Dennis is just a responsible guy. He can be counted on. And you've been counted on from your family probably their whole lives. And you are really, truly, I just feel like we want to honor you today. You are leading them in the right place. You're leading them to the Lord. You're leading them by example. And man, I'm just proud of you. We're proud to have your family here at this church, man. Love you guys. Come on. So good. You know, last week, Josh Minter talked about that orphan spirit. 
that orphan spirit, as I'm honoring certain people, that orphan spirit has that, well, what about me? Don't listen to the devil. Don't listen to that spirit. The spirit of God is saying, man, let's celebrate my brother. Let's celebrate my brother right now. It's not, it's not about me right now. <laughs> Amen? Come on. Be rooted and grounded in who you are in Christ. Amen? All right. Everybody else, I love you too. I just felt like I was supposed to call them guys out today. So good. So, um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I need your grace. I need your spirit. I need your anointing. Father, I just pray that you would minister to these people today, not just the men, but God, I believe that you have something for everyone in this room this morning and all those online as well. Jesus, I thank you that you are not contained in this room. You are omnipresent. You are with the people who are watching online. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'd give them ears to hear, eyes to see, and God, you'd use me this morning to be a vessel of honor for your glory. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen and amen. So, I don't know about you, but for Father's Day, Maddie was asking, what do you want for Father's Day? What do you want to do for Father's Day? And I was just like, I don't know about you guys, but I, let me give some of you wives some advice. Let me go ahead and say this with all due respect. I'm not being mean to you, but if you have absolutely nothing planned for your husband or the father, the father that you're with or whatever, that's not okay. Do something. Take him, buy, get, take him, go get him a pizza from Little Caesars, something. You know, do, just do something. Just absolutely something. Don't let his whole day go by and you did absolutely nothing. But say, hey, oh yeah, hey, happy Father's Day, bud. You know what I mean? Celebrate these men. Amen. Guys, we long for honor and respect. Amen? Men? And a lot of these guys, they don't ask for it. They don't ask for much. And uh, they, they provide for the families. Do something for them. Bake them a cake. I don't know. Anything. Some of you kids in here, <clears throat> do something for your dad. Even go get a car, get a piece of paper, fold it in half, and write I love you on it. You know, it's something real simple. It goes a long way, I promise you. It's not a big deal. It's really, really a lot easier than you think. Uh, so Maddie, I told you real quickly. Uh, and she was like, what do you want to do? I said, well, I want tacos. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I want tacos. I think that's not, it's just like an everyday thing. And I thought, man, I want tacos. I actually want queso birria tacos, but... I don't know if I should drive to Henderson or not right now with all my kids. But, and then I said, and out of nowhere, I was thinking the other day, and I, we'll, we'll get to the message here in a moment. Calm down. And, and I was thinking, it just hit me. I, I texted Maddie. I said, you know what? I said, I want to go to Costco for Father's Day. People are thinking, why? I don't know. So I'm a dad. That's what dads want to do, you know? I was just like, I don't know. I want to go to Evansville. And I want to go to Costco. And I just want to probably buy a bunch of random stuff that I don't need. That's what I want to do on Father's Day. You know, I'm at Home Depot. I just want to go to Costco by myself and just go. Any, any other dads, listen, we'll take the van. We will take the church van today. If you want my brother, my brother's already going with me. My other brother was trying to make fun of me. And my other brother's going with me. He's like, dude, let's go. I'm like, let's go. It's going to be a great time. Anybody else? Listen, some of the dads, nobody's celebrating you today. We're going to Costco. And we are going to get a hot dog or something. I don't know. We're going to buy you a grill. Whatever you want, man. We're going to figure it out. We're going to celebrate you. <laughs> Y'all think I'm playing. Four o'clock today. <laughs> I will be at Costco. Do I have a membership? No. Doesn't matter. It's my day. <laughs> Come on. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? Amen. So there's three different things I want to talk to you about today. Um, man. Hmm. 
you know what? I'm not going to be religious about this. I'm just going to say what I believe God wanted me to say, and then we're going to be out of here. Okay? You know, sometimes as a pastor, I get all this pressure that, I, well, I can't just do, I can't just say those two things. I got to like preach a, a five-point sermon. You know what I mean? I got to have an introduction, a body, and a closing. You know, I have to, I have to talk about everything I'm going to say first. I got to do the homiletics, what they taught me. And I don't find that in the Bible, actually. Come on. I'm like, man, <laughs> I think actually I just got to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Amen? Amen. Amen. So... I'm just preaching myself into like believing it. Amen. So, but seriously, so many times God has spoke to me, Michael, say these few things, teach these few things and be done. And then I'm like, well, I can't just do that. That's going to take five minutes. But if y'all know me at all, there's probably nothing that takes five minutes on this platform. So anyways, all right, one thing I feel like the Lord is saying, this message is going to be predominantly for our followers in the house, but let me say this, if you're not, you, maybe you can't have kids or you never have your own kids, listen, God is calling you to be a spiritual father to people. We need spiritual dads. Let me say this, a lot of people even have earthly dads, but they don't have a spiritual father. And let me go ahead and say this, your earthly dad is supposed to be one of your spiritual fathers. Your first spiritual father should be your earthly dad. For most of us, I beg to say, that's not the case, though. So in that case, we need a generation of people who will become spiritual moms and dads to young people in the faith who are looking for wisdom, looking for counsel, looking for encouragement. And listen, you might say, well, man, I wasn't a good parent to my kids. Well, guess what? You can still be a spiritual parent to kids these days. Amen? The biggest plague hitting our country is fatherlessness. We need men. I hate to say it, but I grew up in a church where I had a, like, there was just no men. There was just nothing, that, nothing happened outside of the church. or There was just nothing there. This September, we're going to team up with Dugan Best, and we're going to help them with their fall festival. We're going to go serve that community because God gave me a word that he's given us authority in Mechanicsville. I didn't tell them that, but, and, uh, but that's what God said. And so we're just going to start to infiltrate some of the parts of the city where the fatherlessness and all this stuff is just a problem. It's all over the city, you know? And we're just going to start to bring men and bring our presence into rough areas of town. And, and we're just going to go because I believe that the light makes the darkness flee. <laughs> it's not the opposite. We're, we're not supposed to be scared of the darkness. We have the light, so we, we take the light with us into the darkness. Amen? And we, the next two years, guys, we're going we're gonna to start providing opportunities for us to get out of our comfort zones, get out of the four walls of this church, and actually start to change the city. Yeah. Right? It's burning in my heart. I'm like, man, our mission statement, it's cool. It's from the Lord. It's on the wall. But how are we doing it? <laughs> And it's burning in my heart. And I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm setting my heart to prayer for 2023 to figure out, no, how are we actually going to do what we say that we're about doing? Amen? So, I mean, I teach a friend of sinners. I'm going into the jail. We are, we are doing things in this church, but we are going to start to infiltrate this city. And I'm just so excited about it. I say we. Amen? You and me. So first thing first, I felt like the Lord was saying this to our followers real quickly. I felt the Lord saying, let me just put it like this. I felt the Lord saying, God, is, as we're trying to father our kids, as we're trying to father our families and our wives, and we're trying to lead our households in the same way, God is like tapping on our shoulder and being like, hey, I'm trying to father you. You, you cannot learn how to be a father until you first learn how to be a son. 
Let me say it again. You cannot learn how to be a good father until you first learn how to be a son. 2 Corinthians 6.18, God speaking, he says, And I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. So parents in general in this room, are you allowing the Lord to parent you? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you things? Because I don't know about you guys, I'm trying to teach my kids stuff all the time, right? Elena, I'm trying to teach her right now that when my two-year-old, when she's done pooping in her diaper, not to take it off randomly and go to the... I see her, and I'm in the room with Mercy the other day, and I, I start to smell poop. And, and I'm like, oh, Lord. And then she walks in the room in the dark, and it stinks, and she has no diaper on. And I'm like, oh, no. And then she's grabbing wipes out of the wipe warmer. And I'm like, oh, man. She's being so responsible, though. She's like, all right, I poop. You guys ain't changing me. Boom. You know, and I'm going to go get my wipes. And man, some of you are thinking, well, this isn't a serious message. Mike needs to talk more about God. How do you know that God is absolutely all involved in everything I'm saying right now? There's a reason why he said I'm a father and you're my kids. Come on. Not I'm a religious program on a Sunday morning for you to go to. And I was there, and I was like, man, so I'm trying to teach my kids, hey, Elena, don't take your diaper off when you poop. You know, seems pretty reasonable. Apparently, it's not. And then I walk through the hallway, and then there's her poop. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, mercy, I'm trying to teach her that not everything's necessarily about her. You know, like, we're going to do other stuff that has nothing to do necessarily for you. You know, she's like, why? And then with Redding, it's a little different because he's got learning, learning issues, and I'm trying to teach him just how to understand what the heck I'm even saying at times. And I'm like, man. And then with Carter, I'm trying to teach him how to weed eat. Good <laughs> glory to God. I love you, son. But <laughs> he came inside. Dad, I think I screwed it up again. I said, listen, there, I showed you what to do. You're going to have to learn how to finesse that weed eater. It's going to take, might take you a few times, but you're just going to have to learn, son. There's just a way to get hold upside down. You know, you're just going to figure it out. There's nothing I can do. I can't do it for you. You know, and then he came out. He came in later on. He said, Dad, I did this part of the driveway real good. It looks real nice. I'm like, that's right. <laughs> Trying to teach him things about the Lord, about his friends, about girls, all this stuff. But at the same time, God is over here knocking on my shoulder and saying, hey, Mike, I'm trying to teach you things. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're trying to father me. Oh, God, you're trying to give me instructions for my life. And my, my, my question to us today is like, are we allowing God to teach us and guide us as we're trying to lead our families, lead our spouses, lead our marriages? Are we allowing, allowing the Father to father us? And I felt the Lord saying, hey, I'm trying to father you and teach you how to be a father. Stop just trying so hard to be a good parent outside of me parenting. You may give you some of the best parenting advice about discipline. How does God discipline you? Would God treat me this way in this situation? How does God treat me when I mess up? Does he yell at me? Does he shame me? Does he rub it in my face? No. Does he even keep record of wrong? All these different things. Just asking these questions. And I feel like the Lord was saying... Um, as we're trying to teach our kids, God is trying to teach us things. Proverbs 4, 11, and 12 says, I will guide you in the ways of wisdom and I will lead you in upright paths. God is trying to guide all of us to make the right decisions ourselves while we're over here trying to lecture our kids to death. And as Pastor Faith said a few weeks ago, the best thing you can do for your kids is to model, not teach. They're going to see what you do over everything you say. 
And, then, and, what, and if you, what you do doesn't match what you say, then they're going to be real confused about what church is and about what Christianity is. And next thing you know, all you've taught your kids is religion and it's led them to rebellion. Religion, it, religion has the power to lead your kids to rebellion. Because if you're at church shouting Jesus and you're at home shouting at them, they're going to have a weird view of what church is about, what Jesus is about, and they're going to think, well, that's what it is. I don't want it. Right? I know it's, it's sober in this room, but we need some of these sober moments. We need to be sober sometimes like, man, am I different at church and different at home? And, and here's the reality. We're all going to, we all screw up and we all, we don't do everything perfectly. But you know, one thing, you know, one gift that you have, one power that you have, you can apologize. So good. Dad wasn't right in that situation. Mom didn't handle that right. I was in my flesh. I was angry. I responded out of anger and out of frustration and control. Uh, forgive me. You know what I mean? Let your kids see that you're not perfect, but you're not prideful and unteachable either. You know what I mean? Let them see, yes, I had a bunch of flaws. This is who I am, but I'm, God's working on me. And you're right. The way, I, the way I treated you last night wasn't okay. And I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like, let them see this. Let them see the vulnerable side instead of just freaking out and then acting like you didn't do anything wrong and then just taking them to church every Sunday. Well, you got to be a VBS tonight. Come on now. Are we modeling how a child submits to his father? That was my question that hit me this morning or last night. So as parents, as leaders, period, are we modeling how a father submits to or a son submits to a father? I mean, I heard this marriage ministry thing one time. It was like, they're like, the, the guy's looking at his wife saying, you need to submit to me. And she fires back at him, give me something to submit to. <laughs> you know, it's like, woo, that's pretty tough, ain't it? You know what I mean? But it's like, man, it's like our kids, we want them to honor us. We want them to respect us. We want them to obey us. But are we giving them, are we modeling something that's worthy of honor and respect? You know what I mean? Like, let's help them out with their struggles by modeling what God is doing. But saying, man, my dad is a man submitted to the Lord. My dad is different. My mom is different. My mom obeys Jesus. My mom apologizes. My mom loves the Lord. So whenever they screw up, they can't just blame you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, because that's what we do, right? Well, I'm this way because my dad, he was mean. I'm this way because this person was this. But a victim mentality won't get you anywhere. If you want to be a victim of your circumstance and bad things that have happened, you can be, but it, you're just going to stay in shame. You're going to stay in unforgiveness. You're never going to get out of that place. I used to be a victim for years because of my, you know, my childhood or my dad or whatever. I just, I blamed everything on that. I blamed every action I did on those things, you know, but let's, let's model and submit ourselves to the Lord so our kids will know what it's like to submit themselves to Jesus. Amen? And let's just not submit ourselves to a church membership or to church attendance or to just being real spiritual and shouting in tongues all the time. You, I saw one thing the other day. I said, being Pentecostal sure will make you jump and shout in tongues, but it'll also make you shut up and listen. <laughs> Woo! The Bible says be slow to speak, quick to listen. You know what I mean? So, are we modeling what the Lord is asking us to do? I believe God is inviting us and saying, hey, parents, I'm trying to follow you as well. And we got to believe this morning that he's a really good dad. And you got to maybe stop putting the face of your dad 
on God the Father. Or your mom, even. You know what I mean? And you got to realize, no, if he corrects me, he's gentle about it. If you feel like God corrects you and it's real hateful and harsh, it's not the Lord. He will correct us, but he's gentle. He'll tell you. He'll tell me sometimes, Mike, sometimes I think I make some of this up. But he'll be like, you're an idiot. I'm just kidding. But, but it's like, no, Mike, that's, that's not a good idea. You know, most of the time Maddie or Carter will help me too. I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that. They're like, no, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Or this is pretty immature. They're like, no, nah, you probably shouldn't say that. But the Lord, it's like he's there when I screw up. He just kind of looks at me and kind of like, no. <laughs> Stop doing that. You know, he's not like, man, Michael, you idiot. You did it again. Come on, guys. That's not the Lord. That's the good news. The father of this house, that's not him. He's the father in the prodigal son story. The father of this house is the father in the prodigal son story when his son is gone and ruined his whole life, when he sees him from afar, runs to him and greets him and kisses him and puts a ring on him, puts a robe on him. This is the father. Throws him a party. Our father makes religious people mad of how good he treats lost people. Why is he blessing this person? They just got saved last week. Why did they get the job? Why is everything coming together for them? Hold on. Man, that orphan spirit will keep you out of, man, it'll keep you out of celebration. It'll just keep you out of joy. I'm so excited when people get blessed. I'm excited when people get the job. I'm excited when somebody else gets to speak, whatever. I'm excited when I see people thriving in the Lord. I'm excited when people have prophetic words for people and they're accurate. And I'm excited when I have a guest speaker and so many people are like, man, I love it when that person comes. I'm like, that's why he comes. I'm not thinking, well, I better not have him back, you know, because then I got to preach the next Sunday and they're going to think it's not as good. Nope, I'm a son of God. I know who I am and it's not a competition. It's so good. Man, it feels so good to really believe that though. Because the devil's never going to stop lying to you guys and telling you, you're not good enough. That's never going to stop. You just got to start to learn to prophesy, declare, and believe that you belong to God. All right? Number two, I felt like God wanted to, man, honestly, Daniel, Daniel already did it, but I think we might do it a little, a little bit more. I feel like God wanted to release men this morning from the fear of lack of providing for their families. And man, if you would just be bold enough right now, would you just stand? Maybe you just worry about money. You worry about money as a father, the leader of the household. I'm standing right now. And you're just saying, man, I just worry about money. I worry about finances. I worry about providing for the family. I worry about things falling apart. I worry about inflation. I worry about gas. If that's you, would you just stand? Would you be bold enough in this room? Come on, man. I'm standing with you, I promise. Jeez. You know what I'm saying? Can we be real in this room? Even, you know what's crazy? I'll say this. If you keep standing... If you're lazy, stop it. <laughs> Let's just get that out of the way. God has called us men to work and to provide. And I know most of us are, but here we are. A lot of us, we work, we provide, we work hard, and then we still are worried about it. Right? I believe God wants to set us men free this morning from taking on the burden of providing for our families when he is Jehovah Jireh. He is the one who provides. He is the one that provides for our families. He is the one that opens doors. He is the one that opens phone calls for more businesses. He's the one that puts it all together. This is the Lord. I have a few verses over you guys that are standing and I want to pray for you. 
2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at, let's look at this, in all things, at all times, okay? In all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Men, this is a promise. This is a promise. At all things, all you need at all times. And look at this last part, though. You may abound in every good work. You know what that means? You're not just going to have enough for you and your family. You're going to have enough to do the works of Christ on the earth. You're going to have enough to do mission. You're going to have enough to do outreach. You're going to have enough to fulfill other people's destinies. And the enemy this morning, he wants to try to twist it and get you to not believe this is true. And until you partner in faith with this, it's not going to happen. We say, God, we trust you this morning. Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. He'll meet all your needs. Psalms 34.10, the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord. Man, I'm going to give you two secrets right here to make sure these promises come true. Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Those who seek out, you know what that means? It's like hide and seek. Like, and you're the person seeking. You are searching. You are looking for that person. You're going after him. If you go after him, you will lack no good thing. Matthew 6, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added on to you. This is a promise, church. I can tell you this much. When I was in jail, I had six felonies. Haven't seen my son in three years. Had a warrant in Kentucky. Had a warrant in Indiana. Owed a lawyer a bunch of money. Owed a lots of people a bunch of money. And I got a hold of Matthew 6, it says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added on to me. And my mom wrote it on a letter in the jail. I got a hold of that thing and I thought, wow, I got all kinds of problems and think God needs to fix. But I believe that verse was true. I started seeking his kingdom, doing what he wanted in my life. And look what he's done now. My son's sitting right here. I own a home. I'm a pastor of a church. I mean, I've seen this play out in my life like you couldn't imagine. Seek him, gentlemen. Seek him. Go after him. Don't just go to church. Open your Bibles at home. Get in worship and prayer. Start to get alone with God. Could you just lift your hands? Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. You are lifting that burden this morning in the name of Jesus, God. You are teaching these men to be hardworking men, oh God. Lord, that they're not lazy, God. They will go out and work, Father. And Lord, you're releasing that burden this morning of that lack. or You're releasing any victim mentality this morning that all bad things just happened to me. That is not true. You are loved by the Father. You are blessed. You are anointed. You are called to lead your families. Father, I thank you for breakthrough this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Amen. Come on, Jesus. You guys can be seated. I'll tell you one more key that you might not like. You need to tithe. It's quiet in here. You know, there's two, two of the biggest things the enemy uses against the church, let me tell you. The gifts of the Spirit and money. He will divide churches over the gifts of the Spirit and he'll divide people about money. And it's because with those two things, you can really make a difference. Friends of Sinners in this community is a rehab that's making a difference. It costs $1,000 a day to run that facility. A day. Right? The enemy loves to to get you nervous about your money. If you want God to protect provide, you start to sow, you start to tithe, and say, God, I trust you with my finances. That's just how it works, guys. I've seen it work so much in my life. 
And that's why I got the money to go to Costco today. <laughs> it's because I've learned how to be a good steward. Me and Maddie have no debt besides our home. We have no credit cards. We don't go in debt for furniture. We don't go in debt for vehicles. We don't go in debt for beds. We don't go in debt for nothing. We literally, if we don't have the money, we take the old school approach. We don't have it. Right? Remember back at one time, and back at one time, right? If you didn't have the money, you couldn't get it. Right? All the old people are like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Be a good steward with your finances. Before you buy things, especially extravagant things, ask the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Am I supposed to buy this boat, Lord? He'll speak to you. I promise you. And you never, sometimes he'll surprise you. He'll say, go for it. (laughs) You've been a good steward. You've been faithful. You've been sowing. You know what I mean? But sometimes we get into these financial crises, and then we ask God to get us out of it, and he never told you to get in it. And then we're like, no, he don't provide for me. No, 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 no. That's not how that works. Get on Facebook Marketplace. Come on, on, somebody. That's where we got half the stuff in this church. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Sound equipment, everything. We're looking, we're looking far and wide. You know, literally. I mean, we you come to my house, you're gonna see all kinds of random furniture unless somebody gave it to us. We just decided that we're not gonna make this a priority. We would sow seeds in the ministries instead of buying things we needed in the house. I'm not saying this as a pastor to twist your arm. I'm saying this is, we model this. We lead this. When people come here, when we ask you guys to sow, we give above and beyond. My son knows this. And you know what he sees? My son sees this. Your kids will see if you're generous. You know? And there's an old saying, you can't outgive the Lord. And I've, I've turned it to be true. Has anybody else found out it's true? Come on. Pretty amazing. All right, number three, and then we'll be done here today. Seek out the Lord, gentlemen. Trust in Him. Instead of that worry that comes, go and seek Him out in those moments, and you will find Him. All right, last but not least, uh, worship team, could you come? The offer still stands for Costco to some of you. The last thing I felt the Lord wanted me to share with our men and our women. This is for everybody, really. This is something God's been trying to teach me. You notice I said trying. I noticed that when I'm inconsiderate or I don't have compassion with my kids or my wife, can I just say this? This is for all of us. We have to get out of this place where we treat other people better than we treat our families. You know what I mean? Like you are the nicest lady sometimes to people you don't even know. But you're mean to your husband. You know what I mean? Like the church shouldn't be like that. Or you're rough with your own kids, but you're nice to everybody else's kids. Come here, sweetie. Your kids, boy, get out of here. I'm watching TV. Come on, it shouldn't be that way. And the Lord started speaking to me, and I said, man, I noticed, like, every time I get frustrated with my kids, or I get frustrated with Maddie, or I'm being impatient because they're just, really, let's just, let me say, if you have young kids, they're not 
just sent by the devil to drive you crazy. <laughs> it might seem that way. But they're actually just acting their age. Stop being so annoyed with a two-year-old acting like a two-year-old. Or a four-year-old acting like a four-year-old. Or you're a 14-year-old. I got to be careful and not treat my kids in a different age than they actually are. And what God has been showing me, he said, Michael, when you get mad at the kids or you get frustrated or you get impatient with the kids or you're unkind or you're harsh. And Maddie will say to me, you know, you know why are you being harsh right now? Why are you being unkind right now? Well, and then that, wants to, that, that defensiveness wants to come out and say, well, I'm frustrated. In a sense, because of you. <laughs> and if you would just change how you treat me, then I won't do this. Wow. Is that how that works? Aren't you glad Jesus didn't act that way? Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't stand in heaven and say, whenever Mike gets it right, then I'll come. And I started realizing, like, God, what is the answer to anger and being impatient and, and, and having no compassion when your kids are struggling sometimes and you're rude and you're just like, oh, it's not a big deal. Or when your wife is struggling and you're being insensitive, like not having compassion, I started thinking, what is the answer? How do, I, how do I work on this as a parent, as a father, as a husband, as a spouse? How do I work? Or someone's driving me nuts. How do I work on the, the person online that, that is a, you know, a far left liberal or somebody that really just makes you angry and their ideology? How do, how do I stop getting, maybe I just freak out on them or I get on, I'm a Facebook warrior and I just think that my arguments build the kingdom. They don't, actually. The gospel is all we have to say. Nothing else. And I was thinking this past week, and I've started, God's trying to change my thought. I want to lift up these scriptures to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 7. This is what God is inviting us all into. Do we have it? Okay, it's cool. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. A lot of you know these scriptures. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. Some of you struggle with pride. You think you struggle with anger. You think you struggle with it. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not selfish. You know how many times as a parent I realize how selfish I am? As a, as, a, as, a, as a spouse, how selfish I am. Because I'm like, oh, man, I'm tired. And Maddie's like, hey, get up and go grab this one of these kids and go grab that thing. I'm like, no, you got it. You're already up. You know what I mean? And I realize in those moments, man, I'm just being really selfish. And I think the devil wants me to focus on all of those things. Mike, you're selfish. You're impatient. You're easily angered. You're, you're, you're this, blah, 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 blah. And God's actually saying, no, Mike, you don't have an anger problem. You don't have a patience problem. You just have a love problem. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh. So instead of trying to fix my anger and fix my pride and fix my impatience, my spouse, actually he's just saying, hey, Mike, really you just need to love them better. Because love is patient. Love is kind. I'm not saying that we don't love our kids. Obviously we do. But in those moments I realized like, oh man, I was impatient with them. Oh man, I was kind of rough with them. And then it just hits me in that moment. I'm like, man, I love my kids. Gosh, I love my wife. You know what I mean? I feel like we stand this morning for our spouses, for everyone. Like, 
Jesus looked at the lost people, the broken people, and he thought the same way, like, man, I love them. I can't wait to have them. I'd like to tell you this morning that maybe you don't have a patience problem. You don't have a selfish problem. It's actually just a love issue. And I would like to also say, without the Lord, we can't love like the Lord. It's impossible. So can we just close our eyes? Especially for our parents in this room. It is Father's Day. Can you just, and our moms too, everybody, can you just close your eyes and just, just think about how much you love your kids? <laughs> do anything for him. You'd protect him with your life. Man. Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. God, I thank you that you are love. And you teach us how to not just deal with our anger, not just deal with our impatience, not just deal with our issue, but you get to the core and you help us learn how to love like you love. God, help us. Let's just say this out loud. Lord, help me to love like you love. Help me to love my family like you love them. Father, I bless men and women in this room, those with children, those in any type of relationships that are struggling with someone, having a hard time with someone in their life, that actually they're struggling with love. (laughs) Help us to love, Lord, and see people through the lens of your son, Jesus. God, I thank you for the breakthrough of our men this morning that the fear of lack is gone. And every time the enemy tries to come back up and discourage us and worry about those finances, God, let us find these scriptures and stand on your promises that you are faithful and all your promises are yes and amen. God, help us to be fathered by you as we're trying to teach others things. Help us to invite you and let you in to lead our lives as we try to lead the lives of others. Jesus, you're worthy. We invite you in to the things that nobody sees, that no one sees in our homes, no one sees. And we say, God, have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Come on, can our prayer team come down quickly? Thank you, Jesus. Hey, listen, if you're here today and you need to give your life to Jesus, if you need to be saved, if you need to surrender your life, repent of your sins, you need to give your life over to him, you say, man, I understand. I've been going to church for a long time. Maybe it's my first time and I need to be saved. I need to repent of my sins. I need to believe that he died for me, believe that he rose from the grave and I want to give him my life. Like Maddie was saying earlier, says, I was going to church, doing these things, but now I've surrendered my life to God. That is a beautiful story. Beautiful story. Maybe that's you today. If you need to give your life to Jesus before you leave, I want you to come down. We'd love to pray with you and bless you and see you step into light and out of darkness. God wants to honor you this morning. If you need healing in your body, if you need prayer for anything at all before you go, uh, please just come. You can leave your seats now.
but besides that, we love you. We bless you. Can we just give it up for the Lord this morning? The Father, Jesus himself. Put your hand on your neighbor. Jesus, we bless these people. Bless their families. Bless our dads. Give us grace. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys have an awesome, awesome day. Have a good day with your dads if they're around. Bless you. If you need prayer, before you go, come down. We'd love to partner with you.